0: Um, in that case, okay. um, I believe... Let's do this thing! Yeah, everything's going. Uh, hello. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Well, There's Your Problem. It's a podcast about engineering disasters. It has slides. Uh, I'm Justin Rosniak, I'm the person who's talking right now. My pronouns are he and him. Alright,
1: go. Uh, I am Alex Goldberg-Kelly, I'm the person who's talking now. I was gonna do this in German, but then I panicked and realized I could only do about half of it. My pronouns are <laughs> she, her, and Z, I suppose. Yay, Liam! Hey Liam, hi, my name is
2: Liam Anderson, Uh, my pronouns are he and him, and we have a guest. We have a guest. Hallo, ich heiße Ben, meine pronomen sind er, und um, I'm not gonna do this in German. Hi, I'm Ben (laughs) uh, Miller from Bad Gaze, and uh, podcasting from Berlin, deshalb Deutsch, und my pronouns are he and him.
1: Beautiful. Thanks so
2: much for coming on, it's uh, it's a pleasure. Uh, And we've got you... very strange to be here um and to hear voices that uh, usually don't respond to things that I say, responding to things that I say. Yeah, it's, it's sort of the level above parasociality where it's just social.
1: Um just sociality but, and then and yeah. there's what's the level after that? Um hyper Like a um, sort of Vulcan mind meld. You yeah. Know? Yeah, b- well, just being roommates. So like Oh well, yeah. Hey. So yeah, that's exactly. what Liam and I used yeah, to do. You, yeah. You you were hyper social now you're just back down to like regular social. Regular um, social, yeah. Yeah. But so we, do we, share, we we do share some organs. Not the gross mm. ones. Yeah. There's like a big tube. Yeah, just runs running the street. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gross. Well, we got we got been on to talk about this beautiful beautiful airport. This yeah. is Berlin Brandenburg Airport. Billy um, as as you see here in sort of the beautiful colors of gray sky and dead grass.
0: Whoa! I I thought it was That's... I thought it was Montreal Mirabel. Yeah, I thought
1: this was North Jersey. <laughs>
0: I thought no, I thought not... this was Everglades Jetport.
2: <laughs> uh, now, the thing about <laughs> this airport, the thing about this airport is that this building that you were looking at cost uh, seven point three billion euros to build and took 16 years of construction after groundbreaking to open. Good for this that, was man.
1: this was like capitalism's version of like the uh the terracotta army, you know? I'm just coming at this
0: it's... from a US construction cost and construction duration perspective and I'm
2: like, yeah,
0: that's pretty good.
1: <laughs>
2: Nothing <laughs> wrong with that <laughs> on time and under budget. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was neither and we will get into why. Um this is one of these fun stories of Public-private partnerships, dozens of layers of opaque subcontracting arrangements, where no one's actually in charge. Um, sort of that, all all that kind of sort of legal corruption, plenty of illegal corruption. Um,
1: all this of communism. All this just to it's put all planes higher. in the sky.
2: Yes. All this just to put planes in the sky. Good lord! And as we will find out at the end, to deport refugee, oh, to deport great. refugees and asylum seekers.
1: Ask yourself: Is there something wrong with European social democracy? And you uh, look at look at the migrant deportation centers (laughs) and say, "No, everything is
2: fine. Um, Everything's fine." My friend and colleague Rob Heinz is is also a historian, as I am, um, and said that his uh, his uh, old man sort of masterpiece is going to be called "Social Democracy: The Global History of a Disappointment."
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, before we talk about this airport, we first have to do. The goddamn news. Uh, Norfolk Southern has idiots. assisted. Yeah. Norfolk Southern Railroad has assisted That's in a strategic Ohio. <laughs> uh, assisted in a strategic strike on East
2: Palestine. Um, <laughs> Oh, that's dark. You guys, I'm in Germany. Don't get me in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, yeah, there's, uh, there was a big derailment uh, two days ago, which I believe at time of recording is still on fire. Um, the Norfolk Southern put probably a couple dozen gra- cars on the ground. The train derailed going like 50, 60 miles an hour. Um, it was very cold. Some people are theorizing it was a broken rail, but it was right on the outskirts of East Palestine, Ohio. Um, and a bunch of hazmat cars derailed. And you know, when you're going that speed and you derail, I, I don't, it doesn't matter how strong the cars are, bad stuff's gonna happen. Uh, a lot of, a lot of nasty chemicals caught on fire. Uh, the smoke flume was, uh, visible on weather radar. Um, yeah. didn't they, uh, no one, didn't this also
1: <laughs> like derail right next to an, like a chemical plant as well, just for sort of a double whammy?
0: I do not believe so, because the initial okay. reports were derailed in the middle of downtown Pal- East Palestine, which would have exploded two gas stations and the fire station. But it looks like from here they're on the outskirts. Um, but, uh, the 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 uh, you know, uh, a bunch of tank cars derailed. We don't know all the chemicals involved. At least one of them was vinyl chloride, which is Ugh, a nasty yeah. carcinogen that's a component of PVC. You know, like in pipes and other plastic crap um
2: Ooh, so yeah,
0: this is uh, quite an ugly derailment, you know, of course, this comes on the heels of uh, Joe Biden giving the railroads everything they wanted um because they are responsible stewards of
1: our national rail network yeah um, what if the, what if the train crew of this had been like even more sleep deprived yeah, what We're if there was out. only
0: what if there was only one guy in the cab though ah. It's Just the one very guy least. The fire extinguisher. Well, there were probably thirty, thirty or forty cars ahead of this going that way, and the conductor had to run back and decouple the good half of the train to get it away from the disaster, and then get on the last car while a while an engineer pulled away. And if they if there weren't two guys, you would have had to have sprinted back, uncoupled the cars, and then sprinted to the front of the train. I mean, I, I'd probably would
1: have had a much worse disaster. Um, (laughs) Fuck that. Jesus. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, once again, we have learned no lesson the hard way.
0: Absolutely no lessons, you know? Because we're never going to learn, no. Because this did not make headlines because of some other bullshit, which we'll discuss later. Um, (laughs) This is a crazy disaster. If this had happened, like, a thousand feet earlier, like my God. Um, so, <laughs> something like, like, like
1: Magantic again, huh?
0: Yeah, something like uh, 2,000 people were evacuated. I don't think they've been allowed back to their homes yet. Uh, you know, Ooh. no fatalities, no injuries, lots of property damage, though.
1: <coughs> oh, yeah, you're just going to be like scrubbing weird chemical residue off of your roof for like the next however long when they let and you it- back in, if they ever do.
0: Had hey, to cancel
1: the Amtrak Capital Limited. Um, yeah, sorry, we're turning around in Pittsburgh. eat shit. Yes, <laughs> it's that or like gun it through the like vinyl chloride.
2: Uh, mm. Gun it, gun it at Amtrak top speed of thirty-seven miles an hour.
0: <laughs> oh, this track, this track, I think is good for fifty Straighten or up sixty. The TV tests. <laughs> That's why it's so bad. Is because you know this is a. You know, three mile freight train doing 60 miles an hour or so. Um, hey, we got high speed rail, sort of. Temporarily. That's a lot of, We have high momentum rail.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but of course, this, this was immediately wiped off every front page by the real shit. The, the really real substantial shit, yeah. story. The, the real, real substantial shit. story. I, uh, I'm sorry to tell you this, boys, but. Yes. America is under fucking attack. We're under attack. (laughs) We must not allow a balloon gap. (laughs) Chairman chairman Xi has, you know, uh, committed an act of serious aggression um, by loosing an enormous balloon in which a six-year-old boy has become trapped. I may, I may be confused, I may have run two things together in my head. Um well, maybe. worry about that. So this this was uh, a Chinese surveillance balloon, by all serious accounts, like, the official denial is that it, it was a weather balloon, it's not a weather balloon, you don't make weather balloons that big, and you don't fucking float them over the Pacific for no reason. And they don't have a bunch of, like, DSLRs on strings hanging down on you know underneath them. <laughs> Um, I think so, it was weather
0: balloon. I'm going with the weather balloon theory. Honestly, I think a this, pop, someone yeah. made a boo boo, and and, and and every no, gun in America no, had to be pointed at this no. thing. No,
1: so <laughs> well, the someone F-22 finally got an air to air kill. It did first air to air kill in like what 16 years, something like, uh, w- and it was a balloon, uh, which is very funny. Someone's gonna have to paint a balloon on an F-22 at Langley Air Force Base. Um, it, what was really funny to me was Time magazine called up a meteorologist to be like, Is this a weather balloon? You had to be like, You've seen the shit that like meteorologists are left to deal with. I don't have the budget for like 70 foot diameter, like length of three school buses, things I, I have like a helium balloon with like a, a phone strap to it, essentially. Um,. Uh, but so th- they think that maybe this was trying to like take photos of the nuclear silos in Montana or something like that, and like um...
2: as if they're not taking pictures of that with the fucking satellite, That's, satellites and with yeah, that, the, that, that's jets. the thing, and yeah, as if the it's... US is not literally like the US Air Force is photographing every square inch of the entire world right now in like absolute detail. They're looking through my mm-hmm. window and watching me sitting here next to this monstera and make this podcast, <laughs> and because I am hipster trash and like. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I also like that that, uh, the York County Sheriff's Department in South Carolina had to tell citizens not to try to shoot the balloon with their own guns. (laughs) Like, you're not going to get a 60,000-foot range off of your rifle. You're just going to hit someone on the ground. Please don't shoot it. (laughs) Um, Another great moment for America was when someone apparently called into CNN to describe watching it be shot down and said, it looked like a balloon popping. Crazy. Wow. There's that's, a reason for that. That's
1: citizen journalism. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, so I uh, mean, there, I, there are there are good reasons why you would want to use a balloon for for surveillance. They're actually pretty hard to detect, and you can get a much higher resolution over a much longer time than you can with a satellite, which just fucking blazes past. Whereas this thing can just hang out reading all the license plates in the parking lot or whatever. Uh, unfortunately, it, it has fucked up, and you know now this has been a national embarrassment for China. Kind of a national embarrassment for the U.S. as well. Uh, Everyone has come out of it looking dumber. And the other, the other interesting thing to draw out here is the reason why you would want to use balloons for this shit. uh, Aside from the fact that it's like slightly more convenient, is that sort of both the U.S. and China have been looking very strongly into anti-satellite weapons of both a directed energy and a missile basis, Um, and. If if you lose all of your uh, spy satellites, you're gonna have to do something, and so this is the something. This is the sort of the stopgap backup thing, uh, also for like over the horizon communications relays and stuff. So I everybody's everybody's into balloons now. It's a thing. We're right? we're doing balloons. I just They're believe
0: this could have this could have been a joyous event that could have united Americans if it had only gone on for another week and a half or so. You know, the balloon <laughs> just like does a tour of the lower 48, you know, and people see it in major cities and they say, look, there's the balloon. Wow. And like every military official and every gun in America is pointed at it for like, you know, 10 days and Mm -hmm. everyone's, you know, it's like, are you, and who is, who becomes friend, who becomes foe of the balloon? You know, (laughs) I, I, I feel like this was a major missed opportunity. Uh, it also would have been funnier if Trump was president when this was happening. That's true. That is true.
1: <laughs> Trump has already accused Biden of being like weak on the balloon, which is weak on incredibly... the balloon issue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, I I truly believe the balloon could have healed America. Um, but, well, in, if in, we yeah. had
2: all shot at it, it would have. Yeah, you uh, can't I'm, trust Joe Biden's they them army to protect us from. Uh, I'm I'm. I'm
0: I... I'm gonna say this, and I'm stealing this joke off of Twitter, I forget who from, I apologize, but you can't say Joe Biden hasn't done anything on the, the, the inflation, inflation issue at this yeah, point. God uh, damn it! Uh, <laughs> God uh, damn
1: it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, the, the, the woke they-them air force shot it down with uh, yeah. with a sidewinder missile. Which is, I mean, very funny, in terms of the relative costs involved. But what also is pro- the cost of the balloon, that's what I want yeah, to know. Yeah, I don't think China's answering balloon. you on that one, but like, I'm yeah. I'm gonna
0: call up my good friend, Xi Jinping, <laughs> oh, yeah. and ask him.
1: <laughs> How much do you pay for that balloon? How much, um, Can I get my own balloon? You got a balloon yeah. guy? <laughs> There's clearly a balloon guy. Someone had this balloon idea, and they're like... Yeah. Yeah, no, this is this is gonna be the move, is this balloon? Um as far as I know, the US like it, balloon caucus is like a couple of like paper writers at, you know, the Air Force Academy and like the war college and shit like that.
2: But who's the same? I mean, if it was if Trump was president, he probably would have shot it down over a populated area and it would have killed someone because that's what they wanted to do. Yes. Yeah, they're like why are like why why aren't they shooting this balloon down? It's like they're gonna shoot that's not like they can't take it away.
0: Hilariously drapes itself <laughs> like, over, yeah. like, the two antennas
2: on the Sears Tower. <laughs> <laughs> it's like with perfectly like, balanced. With the, like, yeah. school bus sized thing hanging off the bottom of it, Just like, 9-11-ing the Sears Tower.
1: <laughs> well, apparently Biden, Biden ordered them to shoot it down on, like, the Wednesday and it was the the DOD who were like we're probably going to wait until it's over the ocean if that's all right with you so so you know yeah, really last, it really is la- the last woke and they try to sh-
0: last time they tried to shoot down like this they blew up a town so you know that's <laughs> probably probably I want to avoid that i think that was like back in the 50s or 60s or something some kind of um, training uh, the, the, the drone the pentagon would arrive. blew
1: up like a small town every like every couple of weeks <clears throat> in the 50s uh <laughs>
2: Fun, fun pictures of people going out into the desert to watch
1: to the, at the atom atom bomb, bomb test. test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 Miss Atomic Bomb. Uh, I, we, see, is the thing: this America, America has declined as a country because there's no Miss Balloon. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh yes. I want to audition right now for, for Miss re- Chinese re- surveillance re- Balloon.
0: Re- reorient our culture around the balloons. For... Yes, we yeah.
2: must. We must submit to the balloons.
0: We're we're canceling <laughs> the B twenty one project you know in favor they... of balloons.
2: Yes. You know how they they do the for Miss Universe every year they do the national costume pageant. Mhm. Yes. Yeah. So China next year should be a giant, a giant balloon, balloon. That'd be fine. <laughs> balloon <Yeah. laughs> with like solar panels hanging off. Miss in, like, America a, big is a sidewinder. Yeah, that'll that cause <laughs> chaos. Yeah, she makes
1: the cool growling noise too. Uh, but yeah, so I, uh, my my sort of main takeaway from this is the new Cold War somehow dumber than the old Cold War, and that's
2: saying something if you
1: looked into the old one at all.
2: Um, well, that's actually a nice transition because we're heading we're heading for the old Cold War now. We are it heading for like the old Cold War. Even all of the episodes of the Cold
0: that. War now. Yes,
2: it's all Reagan's yeah. fault.
0: Mm, Reagan did it, it. Really, genuinely is. Anyway, uh, that was the goddamn news.
2: So we are looking. Uh, at two photographs, one superimposed on the other. Yes. The bottom photograph is an aerial photograph of the city of Berlin taken recently, and you will notice that there is a big an airport in the middle of it. Wow.
1: Ooh, that's prime and, development
2: yes. land. Oh, Alice, we will get there. <laughs> and uh, the set-in photograph is a photograph of a check-in hall uh, of an airport, and you may be looking at that architecture and thinking... Looks very mm-hmm. fascist.
0: Very fascist. Yes. yes. Yeah. Well. Oh wow! I'm so,
1: shocked. Shocked, I say. So, um, it's almost as if it synthesizes a kind of romantic past-looking nationalism with a forward-looking revolutionary fervor, and an attempt to create a kind of like temple of futurism along ancient lines. German identity. Who, who so, would have done that?
0: Uh, the the airport terminal that kills you instantly. <laughs> Next <laughs> yeah. slide, please.
2: So uh, in 1923, the first airport in Berlin opens. And this is built at a moment when the whole city of Berlin is being built. Basically, Berlin is built way after all of your other European capitals. Um, Berlin is a complete nowhere shithole, like mudfield with cows, until about the time of Frederick the Great, until about the 1700s. And this is a time when London and Paris are already... Big major cities hmm. and 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 doing Frederick big major is city Frederick
1: is in Königsberg. Um, like I'm sick of this bridge problem shit. Um,
2: well, it's Frederick. It's Frederick's actually grandfather. Sorry, who builds the Brandenburg Gate? Who sets up Berlin to be basically a non-embarrassing capital city? Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's sort of the impetus. And then it's in 1870 after the reunification, the Berlin experience of Germany. Um, That's when, or the unification of Germany, rather, um, that's when Berlin experiences basically all of its growth. So, every single apartment building in Berlin that you would live in, with a very few exceptions, like the vast majority of our housing stock, including the building that I am in now, um, the so called Berliner Altbau, uh, that's your uh, 1870 to 1914 um, quasi standardized development. Um, And as you can see in the aerial picture, everything has. Everything has a courtyard, um, big wide streets, big wide blocks, lots of inner layers. I'm in one of those inner courtyards now. I am not in that photo, but I am close to that photo. Um, and so they decide to build an airport in 1923 in the middle of it, and then in 1934.
1: Um, in like, 1934, it's not, it's not fascist enough. It's not fascist enough. It's not. Huge, yeah. huge. Whatever. I don't care. I don't
0: speak yeah, I German. was. This is this has always been a very interesting building to me. Um, just because it is a um, sort of like it is a proto large airport. Um, because at this time airports are a very small affair, dirt tracks, basically. Yeah, yeah, they're dirt tracks. They're kind of uh, this thing had a grass runway until like well after the war. Um, (laughs) but it was like this is uh sort of um. So, Okay, it was uh, the our airport's in 1923, right? This is going to be you know the grand gateway to Berlin. Then these guys, you may have heard of them, they're called the Nazis. Uh, they oh, take power oof. in Germany, um, right? Um, and they're like, well, gee, we need a bigger airport, huh? Um, so it, it in the in oh, the was 30s was not working out. Uh, no, the Zeppelin <laughs> the Zeppelin turned out not
1: to be a good idea. No, listen to our episode with me and Mulder, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so. Well, we have to do heavier than air powered aircraft, and mm-hmm. also we have a sort of an, ideo- an ideology with a taste towards the monumental in architecture. Yes, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. So they, they they have this this airport which is very close in to densely populated air uh, uh, neighborhoods, and they're like, well. You know, we'll just do this sort of big
1: monumental thing. They get this guy. The Nazis had won the war. They absolutely would have like accidentally nine eleven themselves in Berlin. They would have like flown a Junkers into the Volkshalle like instantly. Yes. yes. Um.
0: So this was this uh the terminals you see here this big arcing structure. You got your sort of big building in the front, big monumental thing. This was done by uh, a guy named Ernst Sagabiel. Is that am I doing that right?
1: Does not matter. Uh, He's dead. Not,
0: yeah, he was uh he he was a SA member. Of course he was. Did a lot of uh oh, the a hipsters lot of, of Nazism. Yes, exactly. Well,
2: um he did a lot of a lot of
0: architecture. Yeah, I'm actually for... into the
2: older stuff. Yeah. Um <laughs> That was back when it was uh when it was real gay. Yeah, oh <laughs> yeah is true, yes. <laughs> So he,
0: he does. He does this. Uh, this big stupid airport terminal. This is, I think, the biggest in the world when it opened. His style was sort of referred to as Luftwaffe modern, Ugh. right? Uh, <laughs> this very, very stripped down classicism. Um, this sort of becomes a weird prototype for a lot of future airport terminals, though. Um, All
1: airports are Nazi. Gotcha. Yes, it's yeah. true. Yes. Um. The airport is an inherently fascist space. Yes, yes, I, I would uh, agree with yeah, that. Actually, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not being ironic. I'm setting it up for that. Uh, it's it's the place where I get to get my gender examined by like a board security worker touching my dick. Of course, it's a fascist space.
0: What I think is just weird about it is how it's like integrated into like an urban neighborhood. Like you got these office buildings out on the side. It's this whole considered yeah, space
1: there were, the Berlin police there headquarters were, opposite. There's an interesting the museum which I mean to go de- to.
2: The neighborhood that I live in um, and the neighborhood on the other side were, and this airport didn't close until 2006, um, were both basically unlivable yeah, that really <laughs> sense. despite being and, and the, also the airport on the other side, the, the neighborhood on the other side of, the, of it, from me, I live, in, um, I live in a neighborhood called Schöneberg, uh, which means the pretty hill. Uh, despite it? this being Berlin and there are no hills. Um, <laughs> but what Schoenberg is is real gay. But anyway, on the other side is this neighborhood called Neukölln and Neukölln became a place where they put all of the immigrants because we're going to put all of the immigrants, the so-called guest workers of West Germany in the seventies um, because Germans were too racist to realize that people from Turkey might want to like stay in the country that they've been living in for so many years. Um, they, a lot of those people ended up living there because basically no one wanted to live under the landing path of an airport understandably crazy um and suddenly the the closing of this airport was a was a big engine of gentrification um along the two kind of edges of it because they were as you can probably imagine they were like flying real big aircraft in here too like you could land oh, at, they, were flying, they were flying they were flying they were flying like seven thirty sevens into this they were flying wow like, oh, you, you could fly you
0: I uh, like I think I this stopped relatively early, but like like in the eighties or nineties or something, you could land a seven forty seven here. Holy <laughs> shit, dude.
2: What <laughs> they were mostly landing, the biggest thing they were mostly landing here was A three hundreds and A three tens. Um but we'll get into that later because uh, flying into Berlin post war, like everything else about Berlin post war was weird. Mm-hmm. Mm. That tracks it is. All right. um
0: so there's a lot of old-fashioned ideas implemented uh, about how you run an airport terminal. So, like, you can sort of see down here, there's some big doors along this sort of cantilevered roof. The idea is you pull the airplane under the roof, and then everyone can deplane uh, out I of the weather. is scooches under. Yeah, <laughs> you just scooch the plane under, the, instead of having a jetway, which eventually we figured out was cord. better. Yeah, yes. um, court. This was actually replicated post war several times, most notably the Pan Am Worldport at um, LaGuardia, <laughs>
2: um, recently demolished, which was a tragedy. Um- <laughs> and actually, Pan Am could have learned it from here because one of the weird things about post war Berlin aviation was that most of the inter German flying was done by Pan Am in West Germany. Really? Hmm. Yeah. We'll talk about it later. It was weird. Another
0: interesting fact is I think this is one of a total of three neoclassical airport terminals ever built. Uh, There was Croydon near London, yeah. Croydon
1: Croydon Airport is interesting uh, because it it, it sort of like has a similar trajectory where it was like, okay, London needs it's going to need an airport. That's the way of the future. We're going to need somewhere we can put this big grass strip. It was then immediately outgrown and like sort of persisted through sort of like world war 2 um yeah. it, it's still there it's like mostly used for like private jets when you want to like flee the country because of your taxes <laughs> or something like that um no genuinely this was for as an escape route for oligarchs um but um uh, then there was y- another not- neoclassical
0: airport which was uh Spilva in Riga Latvia uh which mm. looks like a train terminal it's kind of funny um, <laughs>
1: Interesting. Maybe we should, yeah. like, return with a V to those. Um, to, to,
0: to, well, they are fascist spaces, so... I, I obviously.
1: Yeah, the <laughs> the weird white supremacist cloak shit, they're gonna love that. The, <laughs> the white paradise of the future, fucking Latvia. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so this is, uh... I just wanna talk about this for a bit. This is a very problematic fave of mine. Um... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then th- this was of course also used for the berlin airlift
1: that's right that's why the square outside of it is the uh, uh like luftbrücke platz or whatever platz,
2: platz platz der luftbrücke yeah so the um berlin airlift is so in in uh, in uh, 45 uh, the war ends uh, berlin is um i guess we can say liberated um Block yeah. by block by so, the Red so Army. History happens and, uh, to it, and uh, yes, a yeah. lot of history occurs. Uh, and unfortunately, actually, when you still... when you cram a lot
1: of history into small spaces, people tend to do things like starving to death. Um, they do yeah. sure do.
2: Yes, actually, fun fact is that every tree that you see in the city of Berlin is younger than 1946, because in the winter of 46, every single tree in the inside the city borders was cut down for fuel. Hmm. Um, hmm. But if they didn't want that to happen, they should have not been Nazis. And done the yeah, anyway. but then looking
1: looking at a sort of like uh, defeated uh, racist fascist white supremacist regime, the United States government is immediately like, "Oh shit, we didn't mean it." Uh, uh,
2: well, so uh, Berlin is if people are not familiar with the geography of the um, of Germany, Berlin is deep inside the Soviet sector and. Uh, the Soviets want all of it, and uh, the rest of the people say no. And so basically, the, the country of Germany gets divided uh, into these quarters, basically. And then Berlin gets also divided into quarters, um, even though all of Berlin is inside the Soviet sector. So there's little extra bits of French sector, British sector, and American sector inside your donut of the whole of the donut <laughs> of East Germany. and. All kinds of things happen. Um, We can't do the whole post-war history of Berlin here. But basically, at one point in the late 40s, um, the Soviets tried to get all of Berlin, which they want all of because they think it should be theirs because it's in their sector. Um, And so they decide that they're going to starve the city out. And so they shut down the highways of the train routes that run through their territory um, from uh, West Germany into Berlin. And so the uh, U.S. Air Force begins doing what is known as the Berlin Air Force, Air, uh, Berlin Airlift. Sorry, where they're landing an airplane every ninety seconds um, at Tempelhof to bring in food um, and to take out trash. And uh, yeah, the man they didn't
0: really take out the trash because then it just rises to the West German government.
2: Right. <laughs> ha ha. Thank you. Uh, the man, the man on the right uh, <laughs> there, is a guy named Willy Brandt. Uh, who is mayor of Berlin at this time, and he later becomes the first social democratic chancellor of post-war Germany. Um, he's the one who kind of builds the German welfare state. Uh, basically, in this period in West Germany, there are two kinds of politicians. There are CDU politicians who spent the Nazi period doing never mind, and there are social <laughs> democrats who spent the. Uh, that's the Christian Democratic Union, sorry, and there are social democrats who um, spent the war mostly not in Germany, mostly in involved in various kinds of resistance things. He was in Scandinavia. Um, but because of this, he becomes very beloved. Um, he remains mayor of West Berlin all the way through to the um, kennedy nine Berliner speech um, and then becomes chancellor and then um, loses the chancellorship because uh, it turns out that one of his top aides was um, a Soviet spy, oops, and then ah, um, the best of us. remains a beloved figure. And so the airport ends up being named after him. Uh, next slide, please. So in the Soviet sector, um, they don't have Tempelhof, which was the Berlin airport. And so they build an airport on the south of the city called Berlin Schonefeld, which you can see here. It's like a beautiful little picture. like... Warsaw packed trade show. You've got the
1: Hungarian buses with a big arse engine. You've got oh, your, yeah, your like
2: the, yeah.
0: the, the clear story windows too. Oh my yeah. god. Oh yeah. You know, and then you got what's really funny is that this the end of the terminal your here. Your in front. Mm-hmm. The end of the terminal here looks like uh, English miners housing.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does. But uh, you know what else it looks like? Is it looks like first generation Lego system. It looks like yes. the, the the way that like Danes envisioned what's the simplest way to abstract a building. Um, but I, I love the sort of like socialist fraternal plane spotting you can do here, where you've got you've got Taron, which is I believe Hungarian. You've got Aeroflot. You've got Romania. Romania. It- yeah. oh, okay. yeah. uh, you've got Aeroflot, and you've got Interflug, which is the DDR's airline. Uh, yeah. just, just hanging out.
2: Are you ready for more Interflug? Next I slide, am please. So yes. ready
1: for more Interflug. Look at that Interflug. Oh, beautiful. Look at that great. Interflug.
2: Oh, that is fun. Interflug Ilyushin IL-62. If you're not uh, watching but listening to the show, uh, this looks like a big-ass Super 80, but instead of two engines on the back next to the T-tail, there's four engines on the back next to the T-tail. Oh, it's beautiful. (laughs) Um, And so uh, this is Interflug. Interflug is flying you from Berlin into the Soviet sector. East Germans are some of the richest people in the Soviet bloc, uh, and so East Germans are going on vacation to big socialist resorts in like Bulgaria on the Black Sea. Mm. Um, and so there's a lot of that kind of flying, in addition to you know government. Oh shit. Uh, kinds we, of flying. we accidentally
1: did uh, aristocracy of labor because we need to like you know preserve some sort of semblance of East German industrial and like technological capacity, uh, and you know also as a because the yeah. border onto the West. I like- and- I, I like the
0: shell truck in the back here.
2: Mm. <laughs> I just, I, don't a, a little bit of capitalism. <laughs> just a bit. Beautiful plane, though. Just, 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 just it is a beautiful, yeah, beautiful a plane. plane. And, uh, this airline, Interflug, was liquidated, um, in the 1990s by fucking Troy Hunt. I, by the fucking Troy Hunt, which is one of the worst and most corrupt organizations ever. This is the thing that, um, this is the thing that, Uh, was set up to take all of the East German state enterprises and property and privatize it. And uh, basically, Germany is weird because the Troy Hand did shock therapy to a quarter of it during the 90s, but then also huge amounts of tax revenue poured in to Mm. the places that were getting shock therapy done to them. But then all of the people who administered that shock therapy were from the former West. So, if you, if you do all those now, of that to a former
1: socialist country, it actually takes a screenshot.
2: So, so even now, the um, like the I think all, maybe all but one of the um, minister presidents, the governors of the former East German states were born in the West. Um, the university presidents almost all born in the West. The richest people almost all born in the West. The property almost all owned by people born in the West. Um, and so this aussie uh, East-West divide still very much present, I, I and can't
1: hear you, under the sort of deluge of articles questioning why former East German uh, areas are like sort of heading to the right. I, I don't understand this.
2: Fueling the rise <laughs> of the um, neo-Nazi party, the alternative for uh, Germany, which uh, recent poll show has about. Ten percent in Berlin and about twenty percent in the rural province Brandenburg surrounding but Berlin. How and Berlin. how twenty-seven percent in Saxony? How could you vote so
1: for the RFD when we spent like uh, a, a billion euros out of the cultural fund to restore the like uh, you know the cathedral and nothing else? Like,
2: yeah, I, uh, and also the the other thing that happens is in the in the late nineties. German Tony Blair, um, who looks like the love child, uh, a man named Gerhard Schroeder, who looks like the love child of Tony Blair and an enormous ham, um, <laughs> passes uh, these fun labor market reforms, um, which are called Agenda 2010. And one of the things Agenda 2010 does is it creates a new kind of job called a mini job, which, of course, is for people who are retired and want to make a little extra money or teenagers. And certainly not something that people are going to have four or five of and instead of having a real job. But it basically means that there's a it's a low paid job with a low number of hours and your employer is not required to contribute to and put you into the official social insurance systems. And so vast numbers of people in the former East are now working three or four mini jobs making, you know, 14, 1500 euros a month um, and having to pay for shitty private health insurance entirely out of pocket. Cool. Right. Yeah. Man, right. Anyway, um, let's move on to the uh, to the third airport uh, in Berlin. So you've got uh, Tempelhof, the one in the middle of the city. Uh, you've got Schönefeld, which is the uh, communist one. And now here we are looking down at Tegel Airport, which is built because Tempelhof is too small. Um, it's built up in the north of the city in the 70s in the French zone. And it is designed by an architect and makes the career of an architect named Meinhard von Gerkhan. <laughs> Good lord. Who... <laughs> try Trying to, like, restrain myself for the rest of the episode, however long
1: that is. Like, like, I,
0: I really like hexagons. Mine
1: heart She, she mine hearts on my gherkan, till I take all... I... <clears throat>
0: Let's do hexagons.
1: She gherkan she, she mine hearts... <laughs> um, Stop it. Yeah, <clears throat> like, no. talk, talk to me about the hexagon. I, I want this, I wish to know pretty... the
2: hexagon. Originally, there were supposed to be three hexagons. Uh, we, can we go one more slide, please? Oh, yeah. Look at the interior. More hexagons. Uh, oh, yes. the the design. Was, like, a so design is happening. This is a beautiful airport that everyone loves when it opens. Um, and it has you can see the big ass Pan Am uh, A310 there, because Pan Am had to do all the inner German flying. Um on the left, you can see some extremely beautiful hexagonal 1970s seating. Yes. Um, this is an airport that everyone adores, uh, but it has a very funny design. If you remember, can we actually go back a slide now? Yes. So do you see how there's two loops inside the hexagon where all the planes are parked? There's another road. I see. There's no, instead of having a main check-in hall, where you do all of your checking in, and then you go through your one security point, and then there's all the gates. At this airport, the way that it works is you stand in line, you check in, you then walk directly from checking in to go through the security checkpoint, and then you sit in a post-security gate area, which is just your gate. Ooh. So hmm. everything is gate-based to your gate. Next slide again. Now, now and was this what's, built what's, before there was such difficult air, airport security? Yeah, this is built in the 70s. Like this is built from, so there is, it is built with airport security because it's built after the first hijackings and it's opened after the Munich 72 Olympics right. situation. Um, so this was an intentional design then it was an intentional design. And the idea was it was going to reduce big lines and reduce huge walking distances Hmm. because again, Lufthansa is not allowed to fly to Berlin, West Berlin, which is what this is the airport for is a small insignificant city with a failing economy which is propped up by the West German state because they can't have an embarrassment next to the capital of East Berlin, but West Berlin is not an important part of West Germany at all. It's a weird fucked up little island of, I mean, there's a, there's a guy who made a movie about the seventies in West Berlin called my wonderful socialist West Berlin, because (laughs) like, it was just, it was like a planned economy of all of these fancy things built by the West German state, which didn't really care about it. and again, Lufthansa is not allowed to fly there, and so you're never going to connect flights at this airport. No one is connecting through West Berlin. Okay, so that We're makes coming sense. Coming to West just, Berlin directly, yeah, you just sure, show right? up
0: and you go straight to the gate through security, which I assume is very labor intensive since there's that many security lines. And then, and, and you're yes, like, but right each there one is, on but each
2: plane. one is a security line for one, and they're not all staffed at the same time. Okay, because right? yes, it's right. just one flight arriving at once. Yeah, that so, makes it's sense.
1: It's also, it's also a great free like jobs program, um, mm-hmm. incidentally. The weirdest piece of sort of Berlin ephemera of the Cold War I've seen is an instructional VHS tape for uh, British forces in Germany on how to drive to West Berlin from West Germany, which is an incredibly sort of regimented procedure, as you would expect, Mm -hmm. of like if you if you break down on the like one controlled highway in you you sit in your car on the hard shoulder and you wait for us to come and get you and you don't talk to any germans and especially <laughs> not to any russians um it's like so strange and so artificial this sort of like weird like so enclave at the uh sort of like the end of of germany it's
2: very weird the soviet hole yes. so uh two more slides please so uh in two th- in nineteen uh in nineteen eighty-nine, um you may have heard about this, the uh, Soviet bloc collapses 1989 and, history
1: uh, switched to the bad
2: timeline. And yes. so um various things happen throughout the nineteen nineties. Um in two thousand uh, and six, uh there's always planned that this is gonna happen. Templehof closes and it, they really reduce the number of flights going to Tempelhof severely. More and more, as people in the city are like, "Fuck this! We don't want this airport to be here." It ends up becoming a giant park. <laughs> this is ridiculous. you <laughs> flying here. <laughs> um, and then uh, some of the worst people in the world try to build on it. Oh, and then there was, right. yeah. there was a ballot initiative. There uh, was a ballot initiative that was passed overwhelmingly, uh, which says that you're not allowed to build any permanent structures on the field at all. Um, Or take anything off. So all of the hangers are there rotting. All of the old airplane things are still there. All of the bathrooms they've put in for the park have to be temporary. like Everything, like nothing. Because that was like the most airtight language possible of like, never fucking put anything on this. Well, let's built a bathroom. Goddamn. The worst people in the world still want to develop it and they suck and it's perfect. Um, In the old buildings, which are exempted from this, um, there a lot of things happen. During the 2016 refugee crisis, um, they were using this for uh, refugee housing. The eventual plan is to make this a big art center. Um, Just here's a fun little Berlin politics anecdote. A couple of years ago, they uh, rented out all of the hangars for basically no money to a sketchy real estate dude who had this thing called the Foundation for Art and Culture, uh, which immediately opened an art exhibit called Diversity United, and the picture of the opening is twelve white guys standing in front of a sign saying "Diversity United." Oh my god! <laughs> I
1: love European politics
2: oh, yeah. so then much. They that is this that so we already talked about social democracy. We're going to get to the Greens in a minute, but that's a big sort of green mood. Um, it was also used as a vaccine center, and so I had some very complicated epigenetic feelings about getting my COVID vaccines from an extremely buff, extremely hot German soldier in that Tempelhof airport hangar. Nice. <laughs> Um, but meanwhile, next slide, please. Um, as Berlin becomes uh, throughout the early 2000s a place that people uh, want to come, um, people start to take the EasyJet and the Ryanair to go to the nightclubs in the deindustrialized parts of East Berlin, um, or at least to get to, people, yes. get to get to the door of the nightclub before they get to get to the door of the nightclubs <laughs> and then to around. go to the other nightclubs. Yes, <laughs> um, these airports become extremely bad, and so. Um, Most of the time when you fly into Tegel, you're not in the beautiful uh, hexagons. You're in the um, temporary constructed Quonset hut, Terminal C. Mm. (laughs) Um, When you're in Schoenfeld, you're in a building which they take a building which was designed to have no commerce. And then you stuff all of the duty free and restaurants into it. um, And then there's no space for airport. I remember being in there once and there was this old guy standing next to his suitcase. And he just looked at me and said, under communism, at least there was some place to sit down. (laughs) (laughs) put that on the flag of your socialist organization uh, Um, the way that you got to the way that you got to the easy jet gates to london at this airport and i'm not making this up this is how they told you to get there is you went through security you then went up the stairs took a left went all the way down through the duty free into the irish pub then went through the fire door down the exterior staircase Across the like open air bridge and into the temporary Quonset hut pavilion. Amazing, that's incredible. I, I,
1: I'm just. Our goal is the sitting down in a comfy chair of all mankind. This reminds me a lot of Washington, Dallas, in that yep. you know there's
0: been a temporary terminal
1: there that's been there for fifty years. <laughs> also, also has the sort of like, um, company town. This is the capital now,
2: and we don't quite know what to do with it. History, you know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, next slide, please. Um, in 1991, a man named Eberhard Diepgen pictured, yes. um, from the CDU, um, the we-definitely-aren't-former-Nazis centre-right party. The most, sort of, like, um, CDU-looking politician. That um, yeah, that is. The, the, that is, we ha- we're having an election right now, and we'll get to it, but this is what they all still look like. Giant hams. They, they haven't
1: like quite made the transfer that like other European politicians have. Of uh, everyone is or like all the men at least are, are bald and wearing sort of like rimless steel glasses.
2: Mm. Haven't quite got that's there what, yet. That's the that's the social democrats. That's the SPD. <laughs> we'll get to them in a minute. But they we we've they have the bald rimless yeah, um, and then the Greens all look like art history professors. Um, but anyway, um, pretty quickly um, in uh, uh, 1991, it's decided that we obviously need to have a real airport for Berlin because it becomes clear that reunified Berlin is going to become the capital of reunified Germany. Um, and, uh, Abraham was the last mayor we've had from the CDU. Um, and he left Berlin essentially bankrupted, uh, because they, um, had a really sketchy state affiliated bank, which then went bankrupt and had to be rescued. And uh, Berlin had to issue huge amounts of debt in order to, um, Rescue this bank, which was allegedly run by people who allegedly were his friends and allegedly pocketed the alleged cash. That's the price um, of fiscal conservatism. conservatism. That's right. We must be austere. <laughs> Next slide, please. Um, they have to figure out where they're going to put this airport, and they they consider a bunch of sites outside the city, and they decide to put it where Schonefeld is. You can see here on this map. There's a couple of other little air force bases and whatever, but you see Berlin Tegel Airport, Aller Lilienthal. That's Tegel. That's West Berlin um, Airport. Berlin-Tempelhof right there in the middle, that's the that's the one that was right in the middle of the city, the Nazi airport. And then this BER with the yellow, that was the old Schönefeld Airport, the old communist one. And they decide they're going to build the new airport next to the old one. So they're going to put a second runway, a new terminal, and one of the two runways is already built, and it already has most of a transit connection, it already has most everything it needs to to get you just, there. You just build it on um,
1: top of communism. Yeah,
0: you right. just build like exactly. build a, a adjacent um, airport using parts of the old airport. It's yes. a good decision. That's that's smart. That's
1: smart in a brainhead yeah. if you and, ask yeah. me. Reuse exactly. reduce right. reuse your circle rose. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. And so most of the nineties they spend uh doing a bunch of different stuff, um, they decide that they're going to privatize this airport oh, uh, no. because... Oh, no. Oh, okay. Um, All right. The CDU. No. So they spend four years um, after selecting the site, uh, not constructing it, but sending out different bidding processes for privatization, um, which they then awarded to a company are immediately sued because it's so corrupt um, and the lawsuit is successful. Um, and they end up having to pay hundreds of millions of euros of public funds to the winning bidders in order to make it public again. Hey, (laughs) hey,
0: kid. Hey, kid.
2: You want an airport?
0: (laughs) You want to buy an airport? (laughs)
2: uh, Next slide, please. In 2001, um, the Berlin CDU has just caused the city to be bankrupted. They are swept out of office. um, And in sweeps, the man we are currently looking at, the Social Democrat Klaus Woverreit, Um, Klaus Wovereit is the uh, man who you see how it says und das ist gut so next to him so he was the first ever one of the first sort of top level openly gay German politicians Um, he came out in this very kind of offhand way where he said ich bin schwul und das ist gut so like I'm gay and that's fine fine. that's like it's all good Um, and he's the one who comes up with this idea of marketing Berlin as uh, famously saying poor but sexy um, <laughs> and creating this kind of vision of the kind of Richard Florida nightmare, creative city, et cetera. I mean, whatever I moved here from New York city, so I am part of the problem, um, <laughs> but, but it's, well, it's, right. Berlin. it's It's his idea. He is the one who
1: is like, yeah, sort of concrete industrial music, things of this nature.
2: I mean, he's the one who sees that happening and says, we can use this to make future shitty startups want to move here. Yes. Um, the uh, He solves Abraham Deepkin's financial crisis. He has a great idea. Um, he's going to sell off tens of thousands of formerly social flats to giant mega landlords, um, okay. which is definitely not going to be a problem later because Berlin is going to be cheap forever. Um, <laughs> right. Just so you have okay. an idea of what <laughs> yeah. the property market in Berlin was like at this time. Haunted. People I know who moved to Berlin in the early 2000s, he would move here. And you would get the newspaper and there would be like hundreds of apartment ads. And you would go to one and you would say, this this seven-room apartment with 15-foot ceilings and crown moldings only has three balconies and I want four. And you'd reject it and take another one. Um, (laughs) We still have very cheap rent for a major city, um, but um, it's not not like that anymore. Um, And salaries here are also quite low. Anyway... Um, so Vovarite wants to make this a public airport. He pays off the bidders, uh, as we said, and he creates a new um, Gambeha state-owned corporation. Uh, if you think about that map that we just saw, it's right at the edge of Berlin, which is a donut federal state of Germany. Inside the the donut hole federal state of Germany, sorry, inside the donut of the state of Brandenburg, and so. Brandenburg and Berlin go in on this airport together because it's right on the border. And uh, they um, create this holding company, and it's in August of 2004 that um, the Berlin and Brandenburg State Ministries grant approval. Now, the problem uh, with this location is that it's next to a bunch of villages, um, who all of whom were looking forward to uh, not having... Planes taking off in front of them, and uh, who uh, suddenly find out that they're going to have lots more planes taking off in front of them. Next slide, please. All right. Um, it's the opposite of what we wanted. Yeah. <laughs> it's The opposite of what we wanted. Yeah, and they hadn't um, invented the sort of the, the mud wizard yet to defend themselves. So they had not yet invented the mud wizard. So they uh, sue is two years of lawsuits from 2004 to 2006. Um, From, if you see these villages here, like uh, Eichwalde, Wemsdorf, Grusen, Blankenfelde, Malo, Großbeeren, these are all extremely Brandenburg place names, Dahlwitz. There's a town out near here called uh, Schmeckwitz, which I was taking a walk with my friend Scholem during the height of the pandemic. And we walked past a shuttered hair salon in this like horrible, not horrible, in this very pretty but sort of depressed, Um, East German little town, and the sign in the hair salon said, London, Paris, Milan, Schmeckwitz. (laughs) It's good to have dreams. These are all tiny villages, um, but they are nonetheless full of Germans, and Germans love suing each other and the government. Um, And so the eventual uh, settlement is that there have to be fewer people under the takeoff and approach paths, as the old three airports combined, um, and what this means is no, they end but up having like airport traffic grows every year until the pandemic. They end yes. up having they end up having um, this takeoff curve uh, called the Hoffman curve or the vomit curve. Oh no! Um, so if I don't you look like at the at so so if you look at the at the line uh, extending, yeah, that one. So, <laughs> In order, in order for so when the when the wind is blowing such that you have to take off towards the east, um, in order to if you're going to fly east, you just keep flying east. But if you're going to fly west, they had to for this settlement stop you from overflying Schulzendorf, Eichwalde, Zoiten, and Wimsdorf. And so what you do is you come up off the end of the runway and essentially immediately go into a 135 degree. Sweeping turn where the bottom of the wing is. I'm going to go ahead and say too close to the ground, <laughs> um, and it has to be an extremely tight turn so that you avoid Mitterwalde and Zassen down there at the bottom. Um, and the pilots' unions do not like this, and uh, it's not great. But they keep they keep uh, going. I I would have. Extreme anxiety about Yeah, this I would like back. that at all. No, nothing. I don't take I don't do train. well. Yeah, the Cura, yeah, there's the of them. yeah, there's lots yeah, there's <laughs> lots
1: I, I don't I don't do well with just the sort of combination of uh extremely fast and then pitching up takeoff and then turning over after that, doing them yeah. both at
2: the same time. I mm. I can barely deal with a regular takeoff. No, exactly. I'm, gonna <laughs> yeah, be flying, go. I'm gonna be flying this takeoff tomorrow on a Ryanair seven three seven oh, no. max. And so if this is the last thing I ever do recording this podcast, I want to say, Mom, Dad, I love you.
1: Uh, <laughs> anyway. I was just going no to say, thank you a way to die on a Ryanair flight out of Berlin, and then you're living my nightmare. Just,
2: just crashing, <laughs> crashing in Schultzendorf. <laughs> wow, how do you like it now? This is your own <laughs> fault. So, next slide, please. So who's going to design this airport, but... Meinhard von, von mein, Meinhard von Guckenheim. Wow, Kahn. that yeah, that
1: that's a oh. German.
2: Yeah, that, that, <laughs> this is this is, that, that this is every architect. Architect. one of the kinds of German. This is every architect
1: like currently working, more or less. Mm-hmm. Like, working, more or less. Mm-hmm. Very well, no, it I should be, be a very turtleneck. It, it could have been
2: calatrava I suppose. Oh, yeah, oh, no, that would have been funny. He's standing in front of our. Um, Train station. Next oh, slide, please. To show you the interior. Oh, the,
0: the Hoppenhof, Yeah, um, this is the place so where you the don't Berlin have to. <laughs> you don't have to take off weird here.
2: <laughs> you don't have to take off weird. No, you stay on the ground and you're on a train, which is good. And uh, this is mostly a good building, um, built in the middle of Berlin to regularize all the train traffic. And uh, this is finished in I think 0607. So this is. On its way to being done. Um, and he's he did Tegel, he did this. Who's gonna do the new Berlin airport? But beloved Berlin architect Meinhard von Gerkan. Yeah. Next slide, please. Yeah. Um, and he comes up with a design which I just want to point out the following things before we get to the construction. The design is not crazy and it yeah. is not renderite. Right.
0: This yeah. is
2: not this is not a Zaha Hadid building made out of renderite right on a floating island. In an mm-hmm. artificial lagoon. It, this, like, this looks is like a,
0: a, a realistic building that doesn't look too difficult to build. It is a <laughs> mid-sized
2: airport on a yeah. flat field. It does have something of okay. the
0: carport about it. Though. That is, it is very, that very is much it does, What hopes? It does look like this could be adjacent
2: to like a suburban split-level home, right? <laughs> um, I mean, it very much is because that's what that's what these parts of Berlin look like. Um, And this is not, I mean, this is an airport that is going to take, um, that's being designed to take um, 30, 40 million passengers a year. This is a mid-size airport. Yes. A mid-size airport on a flat field. Next slide, please. It's not the world's craziest project. (laughs) We'll get there. In 2006, on the left, ground breaks. And not to spoil it, but if you go to the right, this is the construction delays table from the Wikipedia article. (laughs) One, two, three, four, five, six, seven,
1: eight, nine, Mm. ten, (laughs) eleven delays (laughs) from an (laughs) initial (laughs) announcement on the 5th of September 2006 (laughs) to an opening date of the 31st of October 2020.
0: Coming from a United States. Transit project uh, background. This doesn't look too bad to me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so anyway, um, Vovarite, uh, that gay mayor of Berlin, whose name is whose nickname is Vovi, um, <sighs> and a guy named Reiner Schwartz, who's the head of the airport, um, start interfering a lot in the plans, because this is going to be Klaus Woeverreit's big project that's going to make him the first gay chancellor of Germany. <laughs> gay Andrew Cuomo looms at this mayors point. Mayors of Berlin are like mayors of New York City, in that they are mayors of cities that are great, but that everyone else in the country hates, but they think that because of that, everyone is going to ma- want them to like run one the country, big project when fact, away. when in fact that's why everyone will never want them to run the country. Excuse me, um, a, a gay Bill de
1: Blasio, then? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Very yeah, gay Bill de Blasio. Actually, Gay Bill de Blasio is not a bad, not a bad uh, comparison. Um, but then they decide a few things about this airport. Uh, first, they decide that the airport needs to have, quote, a Dubai like luxury mall. No, it doesn't. He, Shut up. Right. Th- this and was at the height of, like, like that.
1: D- sort of Dubai
2: envy as well. Um, the and sort of like. Meinhard von Gerkan is I extremely am. mad about this, by the way, Some- because it means that his big, beautiful, open space is going to be full of. Subdivided, duty free. Someone went
1: on skyscraper page and was like, "Yeah, we need that. Give me that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, this is the time that like that you have the huge amount of like sort of sovereign wealth fund investing, like the the 2010s. You know, a shitload of like Emirati money is flowing in, and everyone's like, "Yeah, okay, we should reciprocate this, and we should we should get some like big fucking Emirates." uh air buses in here
2: and you oh know. yes oh yeah. yes so they decide that so berlin as i said this is a 30 million person a year airport um with um between zero and one major airlines that hub here lufthansa's hubs are in munich and frankfurt because yeah. of where the economy happened in west germany um but they decide that the entire terminal has to be redesigned so the airport can take a380s um which again, this is like if you decided that we're putting on an addition to the Indianapolis Airport and it needs to take A380s. This is insane. There is no reason well, to do the, this.
1: One of the biggest customers for A380s was Emirates, right? And I, I, I don't know if they wanted any like sort of direct flights
2: to Berlin, but it must have been
1: sort of nice to have the option.
2: It was Etihad actually. Oh, um, okay. Because yeah. Etihad invested in Air Berlin. We're going to get to Air Berlin in a minute. Um, I knew that so- would be a sovereign wealth angle, though. As they are constructing the terminal, it grows in size from a planned 200,000 to 340,000 square meters, which means that this random-ass, non-important second-tier German airport is going to be bigger than Frankfurt, which is the biggest international hub in Germany. Terrific. More square Mm. feet. Um, And it's uh, just a little bit smaller than Heathrow T5. Um, The seven contractors become 35 contractors who oversee hundreds of subcontractors. Um, And most importantly, uh, they design a fire protection system uh, which includes uh, 65,000 sprinklers, 3,000 fire doors, um, and 55 miles of cabling. And remember that uh, cabling and those smoke ducts because they will come back later in our story. So next slide, please. In fall 2011, They finished construction on the airport, and uh, that's an aerial photo in 2011. Uh, On the right, that is a picture of the interior of the airport at this time. Um, Just wanna say this, we cannot emphasize enough how much this airport was constructed. Um, I'm looking at the, already cost... I'm
0: looking at the Indianapolis airport on Google Maps right now and this yeah. this still looks smaller. Um... <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like the sort of like all of the blonde wood accents, you know, yeah. someone has yeah. like that goes through the whole airport. Yeah. Someone has like been to the big sort of like uh, Nordic Social Democracy School of Architecture.
2: Very that and lots of lots of burgundy um also inside. And I mean, it was built, how built was the airport? Um, There was, uh, I mean, the check-in counters were installed, the baggage system was installed, the screens were installed. There was candy on the shelves of the convenience stores. Um, The cost had already ballooned to 4.3 billion, but it was built. You just Um, need someone to like cut the ribbon at that point. You just need someone to cut the ribbon. Next slide, please. So there's this airline called Air Berlin uh, that is being assembled through the course of the late 2000s out of bits of other budget airlines. And the idea was they were going to create a challenger to Lufthansa and sort of hub Berlin, um, which is not necessarily crazy. lot Polish airlines is doing this now. They're building this giant airport in the middle of Poland. Um, anyway, Etihad invests a lot of money into Air Berlin. But the whole plan is that they're going to be based at this airport, because, again, if you're going to have this kind of an airline, you have to be able to hub and spoke. You have to have passengers change flights behind security. And they can't do that at Tegel, and Tegel is too small for them anyway. So there's all this money and all of this stuff and all of these airplane orders and all of this stuff waiting to go to make Air Berlin a Lufthansa competitor that's going to be based at this new airport. Hmm. And then, next slide, please. They... (laughs) uh, They decide to uh, test the fire alarm system because the building has to be approved by the fire by the fire marshal. Oh boy! And this all comes from a big uh, 2015 Bloomberg feature about uh, called "How Berlin's futuristic airport became a six billion euro embarrassment." It's now a seven billion euro embarrassment. Um, so they simulated a fire. The system essentially melted down. Uh, most alarms failed to go off. Uh, the ones that did go off said the fire was in the wrong part of the terminal. Um, I mentioned the 55 miles of wiring. Uh, but it turns out that because none of the subcontractors were talking to each other and no one was in charge, they laid the fire alarm communications line next to data cables, next to heating cables, without yes. any protection between them. Yes. <laughs> oh, sorry, next to high voltage power.
1: <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> going to cause cable. a problem. Yeah. Uh, so the fire alarm is very <laughs> useful and efficient because it is also a
2: source of fire. Yes, <laughs> Exactly. Um, and then, um, the, uh, they tested the smoke evacuation system, um, and it neither sucked out smoke nor replaced it with fresh air. The inspectors determined that in an actual fire, the main smoke vent would likely implode. <laughs> implode.
1: <laughs> Great. No, this, is, this is beautiful. Um, I, I I do want to see a simulation
2: of the smoke vent imploding, though. Very badly. Um, We're going to get back to the smoke vent in a minute. Um, it turns out that the smoke vent was designed by a Italian guy pretending to be an engineer. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but we'll get back to it in a minute. So, next slide, please. Um, so, the response of the government is to say, "Fire alarms? Who needs fire alarms?" Fuck you. Um, so, the, the yeah. fire alarm, so the fire alarms. So the fire alarms don't start a fire. Um, yeah. The fire alarm. The fire alarm crisis occurs. Um, This is all kept completely under wraps, does not make it into the media. This is like late 2011, early 2012. The airport's going to open in 2012. And so in March 2012, um, the Reiner Schwartz, the head of the airport, proposes to the fire marshal the following plan for the fire alarms. They're going to hire 800 interns and give them walkie-talkies. And if you smell smoke, you simultaneously call on your walkie-talkie and hold up a red flag and also point passengers towards the exit. God. You, your job mm-hmm. is fire alarm. Oh, and, I don't like that. Uh, the problem with this is that uh, Germany has some of the worst cell phone networks in the world, and um, some of the people who were going to be doing this job were supposed to be stationed near smoke evacuation channels, and the estimates was that in these locations during a fire, the temperatures would be 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Just, just stand in the path of the sort of like we'll evacuate the smoke over you. Just blow on it so real next, hard. Next, mm-hmm. next slide, please. Um, still, they tell no one and continue planning to open this airport. Oh, we're about to enter a new form of governance, which
1: Titanic or whatever will find very funny by you know gendering as Das Merkel.
2: So this is this is when I. Uh, This is when I first came to Berlin. I had a a plane ticket into Tegel uh, in September 2012, and I had a plane ticket home from Berlin-Brandenburg Airport, um, which I ended up flying home from Tegel. Um, That was when I was an exchange student. But anyway, um, they planned an entire event on TV where they were going to close down the highway between the two airports and they were going to drive all of the support vehicles down there and televise the whole thing. They sold tickets to flight at this flights at this airport. They planned opening this airport. They sold tickets to this airport for human beings, despite knowing that there was no fire system. And then a few weeks before the opening, um, and this is, again, a quote from this Bloomberg article, uh, the fire marshal uh, of the area was named Loga, and here's the quote. Professor, let me understand this. Your plan is to have eight hundred people in orange vests sitting on camping stools, holding thermoses filled with coffee, and shouting into their cell phones. Open the fire door. End quote. It,
1: it, <laughs> I mean, yeah, run it. it. Full, full employment. I think maybe we should consider this. If you give we'll those people like a, a good a good <laughs> living wage, uh,
2: you know, hu- human fire. So that amount. was that was the plan, um, and it uh didn't work. It didn't work. Did and they have so to cancel the they, party? They cancelled the party, no. they cancelled everything, they made this very grim announcement that the airport was not going to move, and, uh, anyway. Next Oops. slide, please. We then get to the game of blame. Uh, so Klaus of uh, resigns in disgrace. The governor of the state of Brandenburg, who is also a social democrat, resigns so he was, in disgrace. He was, like, hoist by his own petard of his, like, mm-hmm. vanity project airport.
1: That's beautiful. Yes. Yes.
2: yes. Um, first gay mayor of Berlin um, goes down because of this airport. On the pedestal, um, these words appear. Uh, maybe
1: just use like a bunch of guys on cell phones.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> on the
2: pedestal, these words appear. Maybe just build a normal fucking airport. <laughs> um, so, Reiner Schwartz is fired. Um, he then sues and wins damages for being fired wrongly. It's Just so fun to like
1: think about places How? that have like employment protections, and especially places that have employment protections, to the extent that you can be like, yeah, no fire alarms. Uh, also you cannot fire me without compensating me seriously.
2: <laughs> and so everyone blames Meinhard von Gerkan. Meinhard von Gerkan blames Schwarz and Wolverine. Um Schwarz is replaced by a man named, another German name alert, Harmut Meidorn. Oh lord. <laughs> And so Harmut um comes in full of piss and vinegar, and he's going to turn this thing around. His first uh, big thing is he decides he's going to turn the fountain on in front of the terminal to show that it's going to open soon. Oh, my God. Um, so they turn the fountain on. But then he says, you know, it would be a good idea to uh, turn the lights in the terminal off because we're paying for all this electricity and, you know, no one's in here. And... um uh, the light system was run by a faulty computer system that no one knew how to fix because no one had designed it because it was just a bunch of subcontractors, and so they couldn't turn the lights off. <laughs>
1: you, you would Incredible. have to like
2: <laughs> get all of
1: your your fire alarms to go around and like unscrew you know twenty
2: thousand light bulbs or whatever. So next slide, please. Um, after Klaus Vovarite, a man. Named Michael Müller becomes mayor of Berlin. So we're now, you can see in our wireframe. Wireframe glasses era, yes. Wireframe glasses era, yes. Uh, Michael Müller is a guy with um, absolutely no personality whatsoever. Um, He is a sort of semi decent guy. And he, plus Voverite, was in a coalition with the CDU. Uh, Müller creates what's called a red, red, green coalition. So social democrats, actual leftists, and the Green Party. Um, His big accomplishment as mayor of Berlin is passing a rent cap uh, where landlords had to, in many cases, actually lower the rent on their apartments. Uh, The CDU then sued through a law firm owned by one of them. So they also made the money off the lawsuit um, and successfully had this declared unconstitutional. This is the thing. I I tend to admire the CDU um, because,
1: like... Few other parties outside of Italy have this like panache for corruption. Mm-hmm. you know it's <laughs> it, it's it's not just enough to like do the thing but to do the thing so flagrantly um that i I, I almost am forced to admire it. so next slide, please. So oh, is this how fake I Italian? Mentioned...
2: This is our fake Italian. This is our Itali- real Italian fake engineer. Oh boy! So um, this was broken by the magazine Stern. Um, so Alfredo Demaro, who was the main designer of the smoke uh, exhaust system, um, had business cards that said he was an engineer, but in fact his highest degree was as a draftsman. Whoops. D-
1: I'm not quite okay, sure how regulated yeah. these two things are in Germany, but I, I feel like this is sort both of, of like... them
2: ex- you know extremely regulated. So he was asked about I this, and so, he said, yeah. "He said, quote, no one asked about my university qualifications. It wasn't necessary for the work we carried out.' I, I told them I had a theoretical degree in physics. I mm-hmm. <laughs> incredible. But what was the and what was C he engineering? engineering checks better? Uh. So he was he was engineering the smoke system. Now here's Part of the problem goes back to Meinhard von Gerkan. Because Meinhard von Gerkan, we mentioned this is a pretty normal design, but one of the problems with it is he wanted to have a very pretty, thin, architecturally nice roof without having to look at a lot of ducts. And so he designed it so that the smoke would be vented down through the floor. But smoke go up. Smoke does go
0: up, yes. uh... And he
2: also planned for, in a 340,000 square foot terminal, the fake engineer designed a smoke a smoke system uh, which had was supposed to have one main fan oh well, well if it was really big you know H- how the fuck do you even get dot com.
1: the thing to implode if you if you're just trying to like push it with one fan i will say i think I, globally it, uh, mechanical engineering is a
2: lot less regulated than civil engineering um <laughs> And so, anyway, they had to turn the one smoke removal area. The building was designed as one smoke removal area. It had to be turned into three smoke removal areas. Um, And this ended up costing hundreds of millions of euros because this had to be removed and reconstructed inside a complete building.
1: I have a question
2: at this point. Uh, The obvious thing for me from
1: a, a, a less functional country in many ways is at some point someone's got to suggest, why don't we like. Lower the fire safety standards. Did anyone dare do that here? The
2: That's thing already Germany... happened in this story. <laughs> mm. Yes, they did. No, that was the, that was the plan. I mean, the, that was the airport's plan. The thing about Germany that makes Germany different from like the UK <sighs> is that the guy, like the bureaucrat in Germany, does not serve any goals other than the maintenance of the bureaucracy. It's a perfect bureaucracy which exists to perpetuate itself. And so in a situation like this, this is helpful because that bureaucrat is not going to say, hey, politician who gave me my job, I will lower the standards for you. That bureaucrat is going to say, nein, ich habe die Standards hier und ich muss die, like, standards are the standards. So uh, next slide, please. Um, at, At one point during this complicated process of reconstructing, um, at which, so at one point, they roll cherry pickers into the check-in hall to start fixing the stuff in the ceiling, and they crumble the nice marble floor under the cherry pickers. Oh. Um, no, no, my no, beautiful, no. my beautiful Nordic decor. No. At one point, one of the managers is arrested for accepting an envelope of cash at a gas station from a manager at the company that had built the fire exhaust system. Um, <laughs> This company then goes bankrupt in August of 2015. In September of 2015, they immediately stop co- um, construction because of a quote imminent collapse, end quote, of uh, the main yeah, roof yeah. Of the terminal. Hey, but this um, is this is
1: not so bad because the roof is very thin and delicate, so it won't be as dangerous when it crushes yeah,
0: yeah, like yeah, be yeah, like, the um,
1: saltines. Yeah.
0: It's like a sort of a, this, like a delicate uh, blanket falling on you and comforting you.
2: <laughs> There's this organization called the Te Ufi, which does the like testing and standards they do another review they discover that um the lightning rods are missing um and they discover that the backup generator for the sprinkler system was not nearly adequate they said quote the the power was sufficient for a circus tent but not for the terminal yeah
1: like for a clown to
2: use which is what you are to Um, me i'm just they have 11 miles of exhaust ducts to remove the fire smoke um those are leaking and uh so yeah. it's more of a sort of a smoke disseminator. <laughs> it's a smoke <laughs> disseminating system. It takes the smoke from the fire and puts it everywhere throughout. <laughs> Next slide, please. Just an Here's airport that vapes. Here's a picture of what this looks like the whole time. Um, this big airport under construction that looks done to the point that there's art there, but also that doesn't function. Um more and more bonds keep having to be issued because the airport keeps running out of money. Um Air Berlin goes bankrupt uh, and goes out of business, which again makes it clear that this whole idea of building a giant hub airport has just utterly, utterly failed. Um, 750 display screens in uh, 2017 have to be replaced, because no one could figure out how to turn them off, and so they've been on non-stop for six years, and that's their <laughs> lifespan. <laughs> Terrific. You just have, like, total screen burn, but
1: it's on like a, we'll be right back, sort of <laughs> opening soon message.
2: Literally. literally, many of Many of these screens for seven years were just showing the logo of the airport and then got screen burn and had to be replaced. <laughs>
1: This is Capitalism is the most efficient distribution of resources, and don't let anyone yep. tell you otherwise.
2: In 2018, um, a board member of Lufthansa suggests just tearing the whole thing down and building a new building.
1: This dude's name, Torsten
2: Dirks. Incredible. Torsten Dirks. Yep. Uh, I. I mm. And then they do another attempt at certification in 2018, and they discover what uh, Te Ufao describes as 863 major wiring issues.
0: I am, I'm just, and I, so, all I can see here is and this building is a box. Yeah. This building, it's a box. It's a large box with some boxes next to it. Like this is, I, I guess, you know, in the airport, the electronics are hard, but my God, this is not, this is not like a, The world's hugest feat of engineering.
2: (laughs) It's a 30 million passenger airport on a flat field in a first world country. So they decide to do the only sensible thing, which is to uh, build more of it. (laughs) <laughs> just, one right. terminal, yeah. just one more terminal, bro. Just one more terminal. I swear, next it's slide. Gonna please. be different this time. Terminal two is not designed by Meinhard von Gerkan. Terminal two is designed by uh, Legos, I think. All uh, right, um, yeah, we,
0: let's get rid of the windows. Um, that's probably the problem. Yes.
2: So this is the this is the Ryanair. This is the Ryanair terminal that they build. So Um, everyone's like, sort of
1: like stuck in there, like they're in the Matrix pods, you know. The the German simply loves in his heart to transit through a temporary airport terminal, and will do whatever is necessary to ensure that that happens.
2: So eventually,
1: everything um, is temporary, Alice. <laughs> yeah, I've become quite philosophical about it during this yes, time. Jacket line. <laughs> I've watched the
2: whole of everything. Every at advance since
1: this.
2: <laughs> strange people. Yeah. A very strange people. Um. As. Uh, yeah. They. They. Uh, they add one more box to the boxes. Um. In 2019, the smoke suction system is finally approved. Um. And they get very excited, but then um, it turns out that when they made that big expansion of the main terminal from 200,000 to 340,000 square meters, uh, they didn't uh, improve the strength rating of the foundation. Good. So okay, the cool. underground cabling <laughs> beams in the foundation all need to be replaced. And also- That's a difficult there seven, job right there. <laughs> there were also <laughs> 700 kilometers of cable laid under the runways, which were not laid in waterproof ducts. <laughs>
0: Come on man. <laughs> you well, have
1: to you tear know. up you have to replace the foundation under the building while the building is built and then you have to fucking tear up the runways and resurface them. Oh uh, yes. All right. In yes. fact Wait, wait, wait. Hold, hold are on. Made of
0: asphalt. That one's easy. This,
1: this is 2019. The original announcement was
2: 2006.
0: Yeah.
1: Yep. 30 years, baby.
2: years. Thirteen years, baby. and this I miss this building, these are
0: not asphalt. These are concrete runways. That's going to be very difficult and expensive. Uh, <laughs>
2: and, so, and so they did that. Um, again, just to reiterate, Berlin is a city. Berlin is a city where the water table is so high that anytime you do any kind of construction project in the city, you have to put big above ground pipes to put the water in the river, because Berlin is located on a swamp. And so the idea that you would put anything underground in Berlin without thoroughly waterproofing it—like if 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 basements here weren't waterproofed, they would be underwater. Wait, like, wait, wait! I've just I've just had a
1: horrible thought. It's twenty nineteen. If this keeps going into twenty twenty, it's gonna oh run boy. straight into. To...
2: Oh wait, we'll get there. Uh, next slide, please. So this building. Was designed the airport terminal was designed uh, as you can see here so that trains would run right into the building. Uh, they built this extension of the uh, main um, mainline trains and the S-Bahn, which to Schonefeld they ran to this. You had to go through this sort of weird outdoor breezeway to the terminal from the train station, which, as you can imagine, February in Northern Europe that can be an extremely breezy breezeway. So they decide. Mm-hmm. This terminal should have a train station right underneath, so you just get right off the train and go into the airport. Um, during this whole time, the ventilation system for those tunnels was trains moving through them, and so Deutsche Bahn had to spend 10,000 euros a day running empty trains back and forth so the tunnels did not develop fungus. <laughs> I mean, it's good that
1: they stopped you know, the fucking The Last of Us from happening down there. We dodged one pandemic out of
2: this. Um,
0: I mean, that's good design if you can get the airport done on time.
2: Uh- <laughs> and so, uh, Deutsche Bank, Deutsche Bahn um, is suing the airport at some point to try to get money for employing this guy whose job it is to spend all day, every day, driving empty trains. Underneath the endless construction so, site. One of
1: one of my favorite things about communism. One of my favorite things that it develops is the sort of like sinecure, right? The the guy who gets a uniform and a job to like watch the elevator. Will he assist you if the elevator breaks? No, he will not. He will stay in his old glass mm-hmm. cabin thing. Yeah, different we, union guy. Good luck. Yeah, yeah, we re- like replicated that under capitalism, but also paid worse, and you might get a thousand degree blast of smoke that just like leaves you a pile of charred bones. Yes. And
2: also the rent is high and there's no apartments. Um, Soviet Union, but shit and expensive. It's,
1: it's a universal phenomenon, it seems.
2: Yes. So, uh, next slide, please. The building opens in October of 2020 to a grand total of zero passengers, 16 years, and 7.3 billion euros after groundbreaking. There it is, just it.
1: just in time for the novel coronavirus.
2: Yes, late. So it opens during. So they can't even have an, an an opening party of any kind. Like it opens with no fanfare whatsoever. Um, <laughs> one fun thing about the design of this building, um, and I really do think that Meinhard von Gerkan was not actually responsible for most of the problems here. But um, if he, here's one thing he definitely was responsible for. Notice the fact that this whole check-in hall has giant glass walls. And then think about the fact that we are in Northern Europe. And so for half the year, the sun basically never gets higher than that. So if you are on one of the rare sunny days in the morning in this airport, the sun is just blinding. You have to wear sunglasses indoors. And even then you can't look at the direction the sun is coming from.
1: You cannot escape the smoky death of time's magnifying glass. Don't worry about it.
2: All right, that's almost universal in, like, every building now.
1: Stop building I don't shit, know. I don't want to see the outside, I know I'm <laughs> inside, leave me alone. Can't we just
2: have, like, nice windows instead of glass walls? I know, maybe? right? <laughs>
1: nah, dude, it's brutal.
2: But you'll notice, if you look at that beautiful ceiling, there's not a single visible smoke ventilation duct, and so it was all worth it. Well, there you go. Um, anyway, next slide please. Um, is it a good airport? No. Mm-hmm. Um, it's freezing and it sucks. So remember, there's that system where the trains ventilate the train station under the check-in hall? Yeah. Okay, so take a look at this here. So the check-in hall, this is your big, ugly red sculpture. Um, And these escalators in the foreground are running from the mezzanine level up to the check-in hall. And then if you notice, there's a sort of hole under each of those staircases. And those are the stairs down to the train platforms. Right. And you notice how nowhere in any of this are there doors? Right, yeah. Cool. Good. ok. so the so the trains are ventilating this train station with freezing northern European air. Right. And so the average temperature in the winter at the top of those stairs right there is forty eight degrees Fahrenheit indoors. Perfect yep. this, this fact terrific. that this
1: is built on top of the the communist airport and the like this is a joke you would make about a communist airport is uh, we built the airport under communism as punishment. Like the, it, it ventilates itself with like an icy blast every like 90 seconds or
2: whatever. So the communist airport is actually on the other side of the runway. The building is still there. Um, the original idea was they were going to use that as the low cost terminal. They then build the low cost terminal on site, but they're still referring to this as Terminal 5. And someday it may open to provide extra capacity, but no one knows. Um, and right now it's being used to house refugees. Um, because Germany loves putting refugees on cots in horrible, disused public buildings. Um, it's estimated the airport will not turn an annual profit until 2034. Um, the people working at the security checkpoint keep getting electrocuted by mysterious electric shocks. What? And, um, what? No, back, okay. up. back That's an interrupt. What?
1: What? Sorry, mysterious <laughs> electrical shock.
0: Ball lightning. Ball lightning <laughs> is generated in
1: this terminal. The people working Jesus in security fuck. keep being
2: electrocuted by mysterious electrical shocks <laughs> in in the demon terminal. Uh, um, okay, yes, of
1: course, the demon terminal.
2: Yes, uh, demon terminal wants blood. Um, the airport is also horribly understaffed um, because the airport corporation, which built it, is chronically out of money because they spent seven billion euros building instead of two Um, and they're paying off all their bonds. So they have the horrible annual deficits and it's Corona. And so everyone needs money. And so no one wants to pour more money into this. And so there's continually strikes. There's continually not enough staff. It often takes like 45 minutes for your bags to come on the belt. Um, It's a great, it's a great place. Beautiful. What a, what a, what a a triumph. Next slide, please. Uh, so in 2021, um, <laughs> Michael Muller uh, moves to the Bundestag and is replaced as mayor of Berlin by a Franziska Giffey, who is a walking meme. Um, here she is on the left, pictured shooting the gun to start the Berlin Marathon last year with this, murder in her heart, This is, uh, on the it's, right- it's,
1: it's like Mao, <laughs>
2: combat liberalism, but combat liberalism <laughs> is like an adjective instead of a verb, <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's, it's, it's combat social democracy. Yeah. Uh, and on the right, um, she is standing wearing a business suit with a big sort of blonde coif holding a piece of bread. Um, a piece of bread under it. This is a, a big fucking entire... loaf <laughs> yeah. of black bread. Larger than her head. This was when she was giving a speech about integration, because she used to be the mayor of Neukölln. And when she was the mayor of Neukölln, everyone who became a German citizen got this bread given to them as a symbol of welcome. Um, how old would you all estimate that this person is? 24.
1: Oh, this guy has an uneven face. Oh, I was looking at a different picture, sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Is misgendered the mayor of Berlin? No, no I was looking at <laughs> a picture say... of Bat Rule, I'm watching the Nebraska game on the other TV, don't worry about that. Sake. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, How old is this person? We'll you- Twenty four years old. It's it's so already, hard to 30. I, can, 30. I 30. See Come on, somewhere 30.
0: between forty and sixty five.
2: Yeah, so so she's forty three when she's oh. elected in these pictures, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and she look. I mean, the the joke is that she's like Berlin social democrat, but she looks like and has the politics of the like CDU minister of agriculture of like Hessen. Why? Um, <laughs> It's like imagine for, for our UK listeners, imagine Lisa Nandy, for our US listeners, imagine Ooh. A B Klobuchar. Yeah. But like Amy Klobuchar is mayor of Portland. Ugh. Like oh, oh fun. Cursed, Weird. most cursed timeline. No, take it <laughs> back. So, take oh back, no, it bud. gets more take cursed. Back, bud. More cursed. So 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 she becomes mayor of Berlin. Now at the same time she becomes mayor of Berlin. Um she wins uh barely um and the red, red, green coalition of Michael Müller, um continues under her leadership unhappily she doesn't want to do it uh, but she's sort of forced into doing it uh, mostly because her own members don't want to like berlin spd has a very left-wing base and an extremely right-wing upper layer i don't Um, know any parties like that i know (coughs) certainly no social democratic ones um now at the same time that she wins Um, Berlin passes 60 to 40, a ballot initiative to forcefully expropriate private landlords who own more than 3,000 flats and turn this all into social housing again. I heard Um, about this one. (laughs) Yeah. And so she uh, makes a deal because the Greens kind of want to do it, but not really. Uh, Die Linke, the left are the good party and they do want to do it. Um, And she does not want to do it. And uh, so she makes a um, committee that's going to study the possibility um, and the committee just came out with a report saying it's possible. Um, but uh, we have to do the 2021 election again, what? because the Berlin SPD is um, as incompetent as the Berlin CDU is corrupt. And so they somehow fucked up the 2021 election so badly that we have what? to redo it. What? Um and because the SPD fucked up so badly, and because the SPD is led by this ideology conservative person- Bro, what? No, back person, up!
1: How do you fuck up an election so bad you get a do-over?
2: Wait oh. for it. The current poll leader in the redo of this election is, drumroll please, the CDU. Um, which is- I am so mad right now. I'm so confused. <laughs> the worst bag fumbling in electoral history and the CDU um, has run a campaign of um being even more racist than normal oh, so no. um every year in berlin um on uh, new year's eve the city turns into a fireworks war zone and actually oh, I the CDU the way this is going the CDU um makes a big show about how they don't want to ban fireworks because fireworks and new eve is a great german tradition um but then um uh, it turns out that the um, cops lie about shit. And so the cops and the CDU said that hundreds of foreigners were attacking cops with fireworks. Um, and it turns out it was 38 Germans who were arrested. Um, and then the CDU's response to that was to put in a request in the Berlin State Parliament asking for the first names of those Germans.
1: Oh, because yeah, like German criminal anonymity laws, like if you get arrested for something, they'll just, you know... Publicize your name as right. like Matthias V or whatever. And- Matthias
2: V, right? So, so, so basically, they want them. They want to point out that these are. They they want to make this thing about like, oh, they're all Muhammad F and mm-hmm. Ahmed mm-hmm. L and 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 it worked. Um, they had a whole three day freakout, a whole like three week long national media freakout uh, about the election, and it propelled them into first place. And the elections in a week, and they might win. And we live in hell.
0: Um, uh, you know, before so, you expropriate the landlords, the landlords do have to get their two cents in. I mean, that's democracy right there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, this is, this is this is why we're all charter members of the party for moderate progress and reform within the law.
2: Yes. Woman, the, Alice, party of, the, the party of the, the, which that is the Christian Democratic Union. Mm-hmm. Um, next slide, please. Just to add the final little uh the little, ah, uh, little, uh, little boxes.
1: But ultimately, like we get to the, the final center. European form of the little <laughs> box, the little box that's a little prison. It's actually a large yes, box.
2: A little cop prison box. And so um, this is in the Brandenburg government because this is on the Brandenburg side. Um, but so there's a. There's a private investor who's going to build a private deportation center. Come on, Um, man! And 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 his name is Jürgen B. Harder. I bet it is. (laughs) I I bet it is. uh,
1: Sorry, no.
2: Jürgen Jürgen B. Harder. Harder, Yeah.
1: You want to slurp that German sausage? Yeah. Uh, No, go ahead.
0: So, can you just pay to have anyone else be deported, or like what?
2: Who is not <laughs> one of the Who is not one of the uh, bartenders at laboratory, but is instead a corrupt Brandenburg real estate investor, um, sort of is set is set to make millions of euros of profits over the thirty year contract of running the deportation center. Right. Um, you know, I, re- 2020- I really do
1: think if you say the phrase "We'll make millions of euros in profit from the deportation center over the next thirty years," Deb, we're gonna have to bleep this. But I think you know, I yeah, think that's I, fair. Yeah, instantly, <laughs> it's reasonable.
2: Yeah. 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 I, I some sort of yeah. 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 I Guys, agree please, with that. Please, please, please don't get me kicked out of Germany. I don't want to go back to America. No, I do not endorse what was bleeped. I do not endorse what was bleeped. Um, <laughs> there is um, a private
0: deportation center. I should be able to pay to have anyone I want deported. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is how
0: capitalism
1: works, right? Yeah. this <laughs> is like and uh, the AnCap deportation center. Yes. Oh <laughs> <You> just... <laughs> God. <laughs>
2: The plan is that they're going to have um, the plans. They're going to have about a thousand uh, deportations a year by 2025, and about 1,300 deportations a year by 2040. And one important thing to know is that the uh, campaign against this deportation center um, estimates that 50 percent of people in deportation detention in Germany are there unjustly and should not be there. Terrific. So that's I um, mean, coming right. from a
1: British perspective, that's remarkably low, even like.
2: Reprehensible, I mean, but we 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 somehow managed to outdo you on this. I feel. And so that's the story of the extremely stupid and bad Berlin Brandenburg Airport. Um, and you and know, Berlin pretty soon
1: I'm going to be—I I, imagine—flying uh, into this and getting absolutely frozen. And now I'll know why.
2: What what airline are you flying? Are you flying a low-cost airline, or are you flying? Uh, a...
1: yes, yeah, I will be.
2: EasyJet or Ryanair. EasyJet, probably. Okay, if it's EasyJet, then you're flying into the main terminal. If it's Ryanair, then you fly into the windowless box. <laughs> cool. I get, to, I get to like sort of pick my. Pick kind to really now.
0: rub it in, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: It's uh, it's a great work of art. Our... I'll be flying out of the windowless box tomorrow. Um, oh. so. Safe traveling. Uh what a what an absolute the, disaster. Taking, taking taking the vomit curve from the 7.3 no, billion you. euro windowless box over the private deportation center. Terrific. Oh no. Do they still um, do the vomit curve? That hasn't changed at all. No, the vomit curve is part of the it's one of the official flight plans for leaving right. um right. Yeah. I no One longer of the official w- flight
1: plans. I no longer want to go to Berlin for the live show. <laughs> I'm, I'm not just saying about that. Given no, American I suck it up. Given
0: oh, American yeah. cost overruns and delays, this doesn't seem that bad to me. This yeah. seems fine.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Your <laughs> brain is, like is broken, bud.
1: Your brain is broken, bud. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is a good outcome. I'm going to punch you. <laughs> oh, another, just just one, one last final thing. Um, there was a, uh, <laughs> so the airport is named after Willy Brandt, which was its own um, controversy because the um, other Berlin political parties accused the Social Democrats of just naming it after their own functionary. Um, and so... Um, there were all these different ideas who they should name it after. Uh, they kept Willy Brandt, but Rosa then at some Luxembourg. point, at what some up? point, the the Willy Brandt Foundation considered revoking the airport's permission to bear his name because they didn't want the association with this disaster to be associated <laughs> with his legacy. <laughs> too, too late, too late. Um, but anyway, uh, there it is: Social Democracy, Berlin Incredible. Brandenburg Airport. I've, I, I, I feel like I've learned. So much about German
1: politics, and it's all bad. It is all bad. Most politics are. Go back to interflug. The return to tradition. Yes. You know, also, reject, yeah, reject, reject modernity. Embrace, embrace illusion. Um,
2: we're gonna make. We're gonna close down Bergheim. We're gonna reopen the turbine halls and make it into a uh, big coal-fired uh, mm-hmm. co coal, co-generation plant for heat and electricity. And, the, uh, sort of the,
1: the, the kind of thing that has me understanding the impulse behind the wildly illegal ten-person continuation SED, you know? <laughs> uh, the the party that's like, put it all back, put it all back the way it <laughs>
2: was. I mean, d the political party of which I am a member, is the successor party of the former SED. Um, and, uh, no, not uh, if you ask those ten people. They're the only uh, good, they're the only political party in Berlin who is responsible for doing anything good ever, and uh, I really hope they don't um, not be in government anymore after this election, because it would really suck.
1: I guess the the lesson here is if if you are a listener in Germany and uh, you are able to vote for Die Linke, Otherwise? You should do
2: that, especially in Berlin, where they're where they're where they're in Berlin. They are run by good gay Klaus. Um, so bad gay Klaus was Klaus Woveright. Good gay Klaus is Klaus Laterer. Um, and uh,
1: and if you if yeah. you if you're not in Germany, uh, and the idea of having a party to the left of the tepid Social Democratic Party appeals to you, maybe investigate having one of those. You know, wouldn't be a bad idea. I don't think.
2: Yes, although. Uh, we may we may be losing ours um oh, because, uh, our party to the left of the tepid social democratic party um is involved in uh, what may be potentially a death spiral, but we'll see um, sure. Die Linke would be a whole other episode of this party because it is of this show because it is kind of an engineering disaster, this cobbled together mix of West German social movements and East German uh reformist elements of the s e d uh, which does really well after being founded because the 2008 financial crisis happens and then um, has a lot of internal contradictions, which are resolved in um, profoundly unhelpful ways by people who are all essentially invested in continuing the conflict in order to uh, not reveal their fundamental mediocrity. Beautiful. So um uh, Sarah Wagenknecht, for example, who uh, did a book tour during the last uh, national election campaign um, about how the reason why the party wasn't doing well was because it was too much gender, and uh, it was the genders' mm, fault. I mean, gender had done it. And yeah. uh, the reasonable question of well, if you don't want to talk about gender, why have you just written this project a book about costing? it? Um, was seemingly never asked.
1: It was oh, like 7 billion euros, right?
0: 7 billion, okay, so... Oh, he froze,
1: uh, he froze. Ed? 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 Well, at least we got... almost... Yeah. ...everything done?
2: There he is, there is he so, oh, hi, is, there he is, there he is. I'm here! So, did we get that audio, or am I gonna need to...? Oh.
0: You cut, cut out immediately good. after I asked how much the project
2: actually cost. Great, so I'll come in now. So it cost a seven point three billion euros.
0: I was just going to say that's actually uh, I, I I just ran the conversion cost and I was like, wow, that's a lot cheaper than East Side Access in New York was, uh, which was just reusing an existing tunnel and doing a little bit of extra tunneling. <laughs>
1: If, if only, if only the United States were as dysfunctional politically as as Berlin mm-hmm. as Germany. Yes,
0: I I, I I am in awe at how cheap and how well done this project was. This is my thing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is like Germany's great national shame, and in the U.S., this would be the thing that would get you from being yeah. mayor of New York to to being to being president or whatever. Yeah, well, Pete, uh, this... Pete Buttigieg has to do this. He can be gay president now.
1: Um...
0: Oh, no, this is well, This is what Andrew Cuomo wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> mm.
2: oh god oh god i went i went back to new york so i lived in new york um and i remember old penn station and i went back and i saw new penn station and the thing that they don't tell you about new penn station they tell you that it's a um they tell you the building is shitty and they tell you there's no place to sit what they don't tell you is that whole building is full of weird andrew cuomo shit yes like what the weird like there's like weird quotes that like no one ever said. Like, Empire State is the state of prosperity, and yes, like weird yes. shit all over the walls. That building is just full of bizarre. They like Andrew find Cuomo it in
1: the sort of touches post-apocalypse, and they're like, this Andrew Cuomo must have been like a mighty warlord, uh, powerful leader, revered in their culture. Um, the thing what is, what the LCD screens consider- are not going to
2: last that long. <laughs> How much did Moynihan hand cost? Famously, uh famously uh they only last seven years right
1: mm mm-hmm. yeah i i mean the uh, the line on Penn station ultimately is under communism, you had somewhere to sit um yes
0: the uh the uh okay, that was only one point six billion dollars, so that was one seventh of the that uh, one sixth one
2: sixth airport. one sixth, sixth, of one, this airport. Seven, one, sixth yeah. one seventh of this airport, and again penn station Mornan station, okay, it wasn't a whole new building, uh but it was they, they just put on atrium in an existing building, right? But but it is at least go. in the center of New York City, and involves doing things under New York City, as opposed to this airport, which I will repeat is a thirty million passenger a year midsize airport, which is built in the middle of an empty field, which is flat, <laughs> and one of the runways is already built. You got to
0: go all the way to the back of the Walgreens and then push a button to call a staff member to get a train beer yeah, that's ridiculous. at, at Moynihan Train Hall. I'm, it's, at, all, they... it's all get smart shit. Can <laughs> yeah. we do
1: Safety Third? I've been podcasting yeah. for five and a half hours. Yeah,
0: yeah. we can do that. Um, Thank you. Uh, did, did we ask, what did we learn? No, um, we didn't learn anything.
1: Um, uh, be, be more like Germany, form a sort of left-wing political party, try not to have it tear itself apart under the weight of its mm. internal contradictions. Uh, what, we learned and, is,
2: what we learned is that Germany is the good country, uh, which yeah, does yeah. good capitalism, and uh, yeah. everything is efficient and excellent, and uh, Angela Merkel was great, and... Uh, das ist auch gut so. Und das ist auch gut so.
0: The worst embarrassment of a European infrastructure project is still cheaper than an
2: exemplary American one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is not a, Stuttgart 21, which is the the, Stutt, the new train station in Stuttgart. Um, oh, people still not have mentioned done. that
1: to us before. Yeah,
2: yes. Still not done. Take a look at that someday. Right. Again, it would go a lot slower in America. <laughs> All right.
0: All right. Let's we'll do, do, do that, that, that eventually, yeah. Let's, let's do, let's do safety. We, we, have a segment. To stop we have a segment on this podcast called Safety Third. <laughs>
1: Sorry, I jumped the gun a little bit there, um, but also I don't yeah, want to but, take yeah, it again. Hold
0: on, let me bring up the notes here. <laughs> Greetings from... Uh. ellipses, 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 Idaho. Hey. So sorry. No, I don't shoot up smack, that's not a track mark there on my arm, I donate platelets. Cool. It's, like the, it's like the Bondo for your blood. I have one of the blood types that doesn't play well with others, so it's more useful to donate only this component and donate it more often. Sometimes they also extract plasma when they need it, just not the flaming kind, the
2: boring blood kind. You Mm -hmm. see, I am not allowed to donate blood uh, because uh, I will not lie to the government and tell it that I'm monogamous.
1: Yeah, nor should you. No.
2: This is true.
0: To get at those platelets, I get strapped to a centrifuge.
1: Sorry, I mean, what? Dude, not my what sort of what sort of James Bond <laughs> bullshit? He, we're going to put you in the fucking wiggler, and we're going to wiggle <laughs> the platelets out of you. This is this is normal. This is healthy.
0: Now, I mean, not my entire body, like an astronaut in training, but they no. stick a needle in me That's less and fun. send yeah. my blood into the yeah. machine that spin separates it. Extracts the desired part. <laughs> they
1: got me on a spin cycle, and shit,
0: and returns the rest. I didn't know this actually. I thought yeah. if you donated platelets or something like that, they just took the blood uh, anyway. But I, I guess okay, they give you the rest of it back. Um, it's
2: a good deal. <laughs> you get like cash back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> ten percent on every eligible purchase.
0: Yes, <laughs> these machines are a single venipuncture system. So they both draw and return via the same very large needle. Ah,
2: weird fluid dynamic shit. I don't like that.
0: It makes you want to taunt those poorly endowed vaccine shots, right? You know, where you ask, Are you in yet?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ.
0: (laughs) That was my experience getting the first vaccine. Second vaccine, I noticed it though. Uh, Good. it sure beats the other setup where you have a needle in each arm that I've heard of. At least for the hour and a half plus procedure, I have a free hand to eat snacks and skip through irritating self-promoting ads on the video I'm watching.
1: Yeah, if I, it, I maybe I'm too much of a like millennial or whatever and I'm on my phone, but I think if I don't have use of either of my hands and you ask me to like lie there for an hour and a half, I, I simply accept my death after about 10 minutes.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right to me. On one visit, I can't
1: be on my phone. I can't read my little military history yeah. Wikipedia articles to keep myself <laughs> calm.
0: No, no, sorry. On one visit, the phlebotomist was a guy I hadn't seen before. He got me in the chair and prepped up he had the this insertion Weird side.
1: barcode tattoo on the back of his head.
0: <laughs> I had donated a number of times previous to this, so I noticed that something seemed off. It really seemed that he was sticking that needle in way sooner than in my previous visits. Usually, that machine has to whir and spin its little dial-looking things for a while before it's jabbing time."
1: I don't like that it's jabbing time.
0: <laughs> Alas, I wasn't mindful enough to raise concern about this.
1: Me in any medical situation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> probably fine. It go away on its own, they're the experts, you're not doing anything wrong. I trust
0: the medical professional
1: most Uh of the time. I I was brave for the doctor, I want a sticker and a lollipop. Yep.
0: Yep. The needle went in, and as the machine spun up, there was a strong and audible vibration at the puncture site. (laughs) No. You may rightly guess that this that. this does not usually happen.
1: Getting like a notification.
2: That's not good. <laughs>
0: yeah. I think, yeah, I, I recall he tried to make adjustments and retry it, but the same thing happened again. Needless to say, the donation was canceled.
1: That's they fine. Disconnected... I mean, no, n- like, no harm, no foul. Yeah, um, it's probably fine. You know, I,
0: they disconnected me and I headed to the canteen disappointed. Hopefully, some little kid with cancer wasn't going to be even more disappointed. <laughs> While sitting there contemplating if eating a bag of chips or a cookie was warranted after an aborted attempt, one of I'll the just staff... dive
1: right in on that. If you've had a needle in you, you, you are entitled to uh, whatever treats you want. This is a policy I follow every six months when I get my my hormone levels done. Uh, I just stop on the way back and get myself sort of the most dangerously sugary thing I can. Yes.
0: That's a smart thing to do. You're down some blood. You gotta get that, uh, you gotta get the blood sugar back up on what That's remains. Right. Yeah. That's right. One of the staff members came by and asked if I was okay. And I answered no. I think they asked that question because my face was turning bright red. Hmm. My mind thought back to little speech that they have to tell you every time you are screened, specifically to the part where they tell you about potential issues that might be encountered during your donation. Shortness of breath. Check. Dizziness. Check. Heart racing. Check. Chest pain, especially when inhaling more than a shallow breath. Check. Oh, no. Why? These things I am experiencing appear to closely match the symptoms of a pulmonary embolism. Embolism. Oh,
1: <laughs> one of one of the things that I I dislike most about the human body is that this also closely matches the symptoms of a panic attack.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
0: This is true. Yes, uh, and you know, then then you start conflating things, then you start to panic more, then you mm, get an actual mm. pulmonary embolism.
2: <laughs> <Ugh>.
0: <laughs>
2: no, you don't. No, you don't. Yeah, that's a different different source. Yeah. Me tomorrow on the vomit curve on the Ryanair 737 Max, (laughs) watching the window, watching the tip of the wing, like, get within, like, 100 meters of the ground, screaming to the flight attendant that I'm having a pulmonary embolism.
0: You gotta gotta get one of those, like, uh, Air Force pressure suits, you know? (laughs) Mm, yeah. So we all got a special visit from the paramedics that day at the blood bank, and I got some souvenir EKG electrode pads to take home and eventually painfully rip off.
1: Ah, uh, I hope you don't have a lot of body hair because that's uh, yeah. Ooh, got to do it quick. Oh.
0: Fortunately, my symptoms subsided after some time lying down with my legs elevated, and I went home more or less intact.
1: Yeah. This is this is a thing that again uh, is not sort of popularly known. Like everyone sort of knows from TV that like if you get an embolism, you just like die, and like most. Of the time on the numbers, you're just fine. You feel terrible yeah, for fine, a bit, and yeah. then you're just fine. It's not a very good way to kill someone. Um.
0: But uh, that's the story of the time I got embolized. I don't care if that's not a real word. That's what I call it.
1: You deserve it. Don't worry. It's an embolus. You not got not deserve being embolized, sense. but you deserve yeah. to yeah. use the word exactly.
0: Lesson learned is super important to do the steps in order and speak up if you suspect something is being done wrong. I oh still God, donate I'm not be platelets. At that part. <laughs> I still donate platelets to this day, twice a month if my scheduling works out. Despite that bad experience. Heroic. And That's now that I think about it, noble. I don't mm-hmm. think I ever saw that one phlebotomist again.
1: Yeah, they killed him. <laughs> he's he's gone. He he's in like two hundred and fifty different blood bags they
0: at this gave, point. Okay, that gave him the uh, embolism.
2: That phlebotomist. <laughs> that phlebotomist is now working on uh, needle night at laboratory. Yeah. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. By the way, you should always obey the cautionary instructions they give you, like, don't do heavy lifting the same day you donated, because uh, performing a self-KO in front of your parents after moving a sofa is very
1: embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you you to our writer, the Blood Dumbass. I say that affectionately, but that's that's more sort of blood-related mishaps than most people experience in their entire lives. Yeah, I was about to say that.
0: Yours truly, an Idaho prince of platelets. I hated it when My I thought leash. of it, but I'm still putting it in here.
1: Well, thank you for your service. Yes. Uh,
0: thank thank you for We made it all- through. Yeah, we made it through. No, no one, no one, uh, no one fainted. <laughs> safety third.
1: Uh, yes, that no. was safety third. Shake hands with danger. Um,
0: our next episode is Chernobyl. Does anyone have any commercials before we go?
1: Yeah, if the people want more Ben, where can they find more Ben? Where can they find if more Ben? If people want
2: more Ben, uh, you can listen to uh, my podcast that I do with uh, Hugh Lemmy, which is called Bad Gays. It's a podcast about uh, gay disasters in history without slides. It's really um, good. It's about evil you and complicated queer people in history. Um, we are just about to make our sixth. We're in the middle of making our sixth season, so it will be premiering around when you hear this episode. Um, So check us out. And we have five seasons worth of episodes and we have a book um, that you can buy from Verso called bad gays, a homosexual history Uh um, referred to um, as uh, a tour de force by the Washington post. Um, And you can find me on Twitter at Ben writes things um, because that's what I do. Um, And you can also find me uh, tomorrow at uh, Berlin Brandenburg airport in the windowless box. Um, <laughs> preparing to die on a 737 max flown by Ryanair's Maltese no, subsidiary thanks. Air Malta <laughs> uh, which they have oh my god which which they have because that's where they can pay the flight attendants Maltese minimum wage um <laughs> not that, making that any sense you know uh, getting ready to take the vomit curve um to fly to uh, London Stansted airport um well. Ben, yes. thank you so much for coming on, it's been an absolute delight, <laughs> dude, we've all dude, learned a lot. From my, from my last public appearance. Um... <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll put a little In Memoriam thing up at the end. Yeah. Actually, I think that's gonna be funny to do, so we'll just do that anyway, regardless <laughs> of if you die. Um, so uh, yeah, listen listen to Bad Guys buy the book, <laughs> uh, support us by subscribing to our Patreon, we do bonus episodes. Next one is gonna be on... What is the next one gonna be on?
0: Uh, we were gonna mm. do Frank Furness.
1: yeah. Philadelphia, architect gonna be that. Frank Furnace. <laughs> All right, it's gonna be that. Uh, whenever yes. that happens, in the meantime, uh, thank you for watching, listening, or yes. listening, whichever. Yeah, I was about to, that you seemed
0: oddly quizzical on that one.
1: I feel oddly quizzical, but yeah, that's because the be madness out. is starting to set in. Right. Um, we apologize Goodbye, for you watching. <laughs> 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 we we apologize for this uh, this disappointing outcome yes. uh, and resolve to do better in future.